This is part two of our 2021 astrology forecast, which will cover July through December 2021. If you missed part one, make sure you check that out first. Enjoy, everyone! So, yes, July. Um, we, <laughs> I, I felt like a lot happened in May and June, and not to say things aren't pretty- happening. It's not that stuff doesn't happen in July. It's just not as like exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly how I put it. Like it's like a you little know, bit mellow. Things do happen. Like, you know, we did already mention this like Venus Mars conjunction, but then pretty soon after we get Venus and Virgo. And and then after that, like, yeah. Um I mean- I feel like we could talk about, like, Mars opposite Saturn, because it peaks, like, I think the first. Okay. Start the month out with Mars literally opposing Saturn. Um, You know, that feels like a really um, confrontational day, because both planets are in a T-square with Uranus. Like, (laughs) um... (laughs) Like, it's like July starts out with this really tense aspect, and then it just kind of, like, dissipates from there. That That's just how I feel about um, July. I mean, Uranus is, like, literally, it's, like, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. So, obviously, Mars is the unstoppable force. Saturn is the immovable object. Uranus is like, the only way to, like, fix this is to do neither of your things. And the only thing is that, like, the way I see it, the way I started interpreting T-squares is that the planet in the superior position can apply pressure to the planet at the apex of the T-square so that it can get the planet in the inferior square to the apex planet to, like, kind of, I guess, adjust. Um, obviously, like, mileage may vary with, like, the dignities of all the planets involved, right? Uh And so, you know, Uranus doesn't have dignity in anything because it's an outer planet, right? And, you know, Saturn's really empowered to, like, you know, basically tell Uranus, like, okay, this is what's not going to change, period. (laughs) Yeah, I think the only, the only struggle really this Saturn has is, yeah, it is a really strong Saturn. It's retrograde. That's the only thing really that I think holds it back here. It's really, it's also very slow. So like it can only do so much to like really stop Mars. Mars is direct. Okay. Full speed. Doesn't care. Right. It feels to me like a Saturn that's just going to really, really hold its ground, like literally, because it can't move. (laughs) It's moving very slowly, So, but I think it's still nonetheless very, very strong. And the thing is, like, Mars is just kind of, like, plowing through, like, I want to do what I want to do, like, you know, um, and Uranus is just, I mean, the whole lesson of Uranus and Taurus or any other fixed sign, but probably Taurus more so better be broken and i think this is going to be a day where like that is put to the test like truly like um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say because that's really, really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say either because, like, yeah, with, with Uranus just being, like, squaring both of those planets, it... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could just see things going just so many different ways, but I do think yeah. that ultimately that Saturn does have the upper hand here, but at the same time, like, Mars is going to definitely fight. Mm-hmm. Mars will fight. Uh, I think it's funny that, like, literally a couple days later, or three days later, like, we get the moon and Taurus activating that Uranus and squaring both of them, so, like, what otherwise would be a very nice moon in Taurus is not. <laughs> it's not. It's not very nice. Um, no. Because, you know, the moon is basically besieged and Uranus is bringing all kinds of surprises, which is not nice. Um, so this might, but at the end of the day, I think the moon being exalted in Taurus, I think it brings reward to whoever comes up with the unique situation that is ultimately the solution to like whatever Mars is trying to do and Saturn is saying no to. This would be a good day to be like the third party mediator to some kind of impasse. This looks like an impasse to me um, Hmm. that Mars ultimately has a bad reaction to. And Saturn challenged in its ability to really, really say no, right? Yeah, yeah. I could see whatever that mediator or whatever, or whatever ends up getting proposed at that time, just like really bringing some kind of like promise or at worst really being the only suggestion being made that can bring some semblance of like stability. And I could see that Saturn and Aquarius just being like, okay, fine. <clears throat> yeah. The thing that I hate about it is that like, these difficult transits and fixed signs will bring like really permanent or slow changing things. And I think like the moon in Taurus to me feels like um, a useful constructive situation that like neither of the warring parties is happy with, but it's the best solution, right? Like, but no one's happy with it. Yeah. And then it might, yeah, it might stick around for a bit, which means people will not be happy for quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I will say about um, the T-square, like with the moon, Uranus, and Mars, is that there's that antitial conjunction with Mars and the opposition to Saturn. So, like, even though Saturn technically has, like, the upper hand being in the superior position to um, moon Uranus, I get the impression that moon Uranus probably really sides with Mars. That's the impression I get. Really mm. But, like, the right thing is to, you know, acknowledge, you know, whatever commitment, covenant, whatever Saturn is trying to uphold, while giving Mars some leeway to do what Mars wants to do. Mars is not happy with this, yeah. but we'll take it as a temporary win. I could you know? see it. I mean, if it, even if it's, like, let's say it does end up playing out for towards, like, some kind of policy or something that gets proposed, mm-hmm. like, no one's happy with, like... I could also see a situation where maybe there's something like under the radar or just some other thing that kind of gets pushed through, but not as publicized that will make like the Mars side of things like happier, right? Because of that and Tisha. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. So, I mean, 
The only other thing that's interesting, I mean, yeah, Mercury leaves its shadow, big deal. It's not really aspecting anything but Neptune <laughs> at that point. Like, you know? Um, yeah, that Mercury in Gemini is just kind of doing its own thing at this point. Like, yeah, it's still domicile though, so that's cool, but. Which is nice, you know? I can't complain, right? Um, I do like, you know, the new moon in Cancer because it's, it's like, it's a dreamy time, you know, like it's not on axis with either Malefic and it's just trying Neptune. So it's like, might be a good day for some like creative emotional realization or, you know, thinking about emotional things. I don't know, but, um, Wait, uh, when do Venus and Mars finally conjoin? Because that's more interesting to me. Like, it conjoin, they conjoin on the 13th. And at this point, Mercury will have moved into Cancer. Still kind of doing its own thing there. But yeah, Venus will conjoin Mars and Leo. On I mean, to be fair, I really like that, you know, all the planets that go into Cancer right now, like, are basically getting a high five. Jupiter, like that that'll actually be really nice yes i do yeah i definitely don't want to downplay <laughs> like the i think it's this um the stuff going on in the water science is just so nice right now that there's not much to say compared to like yeah. what we have to say what's going on with the fixed signs yeah because um you know like oh yeah that mars um venus conjunction in leo i mean feels like a good day to aggressively pursue some passions like that that that's how i see it especially those that you know speak to something you can be proud of something that you identify with you know something you feel like an authority over right like mm -hmm. it's a really good time to like i mean i feel like night chart people will appreciate this aspect more than day chart people <laughs> that's just me <laughs> I'm uh, excited about it. It's like, it's also my Venus return. So I'm very biased and I also have a night chart, but I, yeah, I do think, um, yeah, like going after what you want, but also just like, it seems like a good opportunity to also even just get clearer on like what it is that you really want. And then being like, well, okay, let's go for it. Like what's stopping you? I mean, like not to be that person, but to be that person, like this would be a good time to elect some sex. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it really would be because let me just look look at what else is going on in this chart. Like, like it's it's clear the Saturn opposition. Like yeah, it's still whole signs, but it's like already like eight degrees. Away. They've all separated. Like I mean, yeah. they've separated. So and um, you know, I feel like for you know Libra, Libra risings. Taurus risings. Um, you, yeah, for, you might get the um, if depending on the time of day and where you live, you could still get the Moon in Leo too. Yeah, you're into that. Or like you could even get. I know like oppositions are not like the best aspect, but like an aspect to a benefic is an aspect to a benefic in my experience, and so you get the Moon and Jupiter doing things so 
it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, I like a Virgo moon. Like, I, I, yeah, I think a Virgo moon would be nice as well. I mean, now that I think about this, actually, this whole day, because I'm thinking about the um, Jupiter and Mercury rule risings, like, this would be a good day for that. Because, <laughs> like, Jupiter and Mercury are, are trying. So it's, like, probably more so for um, Pisces and Virgo rising, but, like, still um the only people who lose out are like saturnians but who cares no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah no like the 13th um wow venus like just dips into virgo literally like a week later yeah it's time and leo is too short sadly yeah and she's back in her depression where the first thing she literally does is oppose I mean I don't hate it but I don't like it (laughs) because it's like what you what inspires you which is really inspiring you is not vibing with like what your values are or like what your desires are at the time and you're probably not happy with what you're desiring so yeah 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 no it's um definitely not as you know and hey like it's not gonna be in virgo for that long you will eventually get venus and libra so that'll be nice but i mean the thing is like virgo venus is really nice for like being really precise about like you know the things you want to create like the kinds of things you expect in your relationships like if you are doing things that require attention to detail, it's great. But if you're trying to do this, like, vibey thing that Pisces Jupiter's probably been doing, um, it's not very nice. Um, I'm a little more excited about when Mercury, um, hold on, let me think about this for a second. Okay, yeah, when Mercury enters Virgo, (laughs) we get four days of the two being like together that's all the way in August but um yeah it's kind of a bummer because I I do think the Mercury placement does also make a big difference on how that Venus and Virgo will play Mm -hmm. out and for our case like it is gonna be in Cancer and I don't think Mercury is like the worst place in Cancer but again like the water signs are mute signs and so Mm -hmm. I do think things like precision um, it, it's not a strong suit for Mercury in the water signs. No. Um, but I agree with you. Like, I mean, the last Venus in Virgo, but again, it was because Mercury was also in Virgo with Venus. But the last one, like just a few months back for me, was like mm-hmm. um, really hugely productive when it came to like creative projects. Like, I oh, for sure. Podcast, started a it podcast, was- like a lot of writing and just all crocheting, just all sorts of things. Yeah. Um. Let me think. Literally, like, the day after Venus goes into Virgo, like, on the 22nd, the sun enters Leo, which is nice. The only thing that sucks is that um, it's co-present with Mars, and it's applying to an opposition with Saturn. So, um, I really like the whole dichotomizing of Saturn versus the luminaries. So, like, the moon is what makes us comfortable, and it's home. You know, Saturn is what makes us uncomfortable and it's the foreign expanse or like you know the sun is the authority or the monarch and you know 
Saturn as, you know, the outsiders or the opposition. Like, I really like that. And so I feel like this Leo season, especially maybe less so when Mars goes into Virgo finally, whenever that is. I think it's the end of the month. Yeah, um, the 29th. It'll start to feel a little less pressure cooker-like. I mean, but I will say that I think, like, a lot of the pressure is going to come from Saturn. Uh, Saturn's mm. just to, like, say no to things. However, like, kind of like before, like, um, like what we were talking about with Mars, like, unlike um, Mars, the sun actually has dignity in the whole sign. It rules the sign. Like, the sun has authority. Yeah. It's literally yeah. two authorities empowered to say no to each other constantly yeah uranus kind of has to be the one that goes um you can't do that (laughs) like i I think it's also interesting that like the day after the sun moves into leo we get this full moon in aquarius and this is (laughs) one of those years where we get two back-to-back full moons in the same sign and so in this case it's aquarius so we get this july 23rd full moon in aquarius and then we get one again like nearly exactly a month later on august 22nd and um this first one is this first full moon in Aquarius is like at zero degrees Aquarius. And then the last one's at like 29 degrees Aquarius. So it's like, Oh, okay. We're like, yeah, we're there. But so, yeah, it, it's really <laughs> worth paying attention to whatever's going on. Like during this full moon, because literally like 30 ish days later, like it comes back up, but like maybe it gets, there's a different conclusion to like what's happening. Yeah, and I, I just wonder how it'll, like, also just kind of amplify or just kind of highlight exactly what you're just talking about of just the sun in Leo, Saturn in Aquarius, like, head off, because in between all that, it's a new moon in Leo. We got the new moon in Leo on August 8th, and mm-hmm. so I really do think some of that stuff's going to be highlighted, but with two full moons in Aquarius, like, I just still get this sense of just like Aquarius still like kind of it's retrograde so it's still moving slow but still being able to hold its ground Mm -hmm, yeah another thing that happens towards the end of the month is that you get um the other planets that kind of oppose each other like rulership wise so like Mercury goes into the beginning of Leo while um Jupiter enters yeah, the same day Jupiter like goes back into Aquarius. The day that Mercury goes into Leo, it's pretty funny. Um, that is going to empower that Saturn a lot more, like having that yeah. benefic back in there. Yeah, I think. Wait, the, yeah, I think um, Jupiter gets to oppose Mars before it goes into um, before it goes into uh, Virgo. Wow. So that's also might be a time where, you know, like, we kind of have to step out of our, like, dreamy expanse, right? And kind of, you know, really do our part to, like, really give form to whatever structure we agreed on. You know, Mars is going to throw one last challenge to that, and Jupiter's probably coming in to, like, kind of save the day a bit. Um, like, let's not go there. Um I do hope the t- the brief time in Jupiter and Par- in Jupiter and Pisces will 
in that dreaming expanse, I do hope it did, does give us an opportunity to actually really do think up new ideas that we can then implement in Jupiter and Aquarius. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be like uh, instantaneous, like, oh, no. we, figure, we figured it all out. Like, no, by any means, no, that's not, unfortunately not going to happen. And then, you know, it's funny. So, like, we start off August, uh, so literally the first day of August, like, the sun, Mercury, Kazemi is opposite Saturn. Like, so what, again, what otherwise would be, like, a nice, like, you know, purification of Mercury. Like, it's not, like, the same as the eclipse, which is really different. But, like, what would be, like, your typical, um, you know, okay, I'm having this epiphany or realization, right? Um, It's complicated by, you know, Saturn really, really sticking to the set of rules or guidelines that it decided we were going with, right? I mean, the good thing is that, you know, the sun, again, is in a sign where it has authority um, and it's empowered to do things. But Saturn is still, because Saturn is also empowered to do things, Saturn can still maybe throw a wrench or create difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um for things especially and this is especially challenging because um you know both mars and venus are relying on mercury since they're both in virgo and so while you know mars might be aggressively trying to you know perfect or like refine um because virgo is one of those refining signs um whatever it is and venus is trying to do the same thing like uh you know, the sun and the sun conjunct Mercury is like providing this sort of vision. And it's like, okay, this is the kind of vision that I want. And it's kind of like an almost like reintroducing yourself to the, this feels like a good time to like reintroduce your personal brand. Um, especially if you know, you have naysayers or enemies really trying to like tarnish your brand. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe the day before you know, again, the moon is on Uranus, or like maybe even some hours before. The moon is, you know, on Uranus and Taurus. Um, and again, like, I think at the exact Kazemi, like the moon is in Antitia with the, with the Kazemi and Contra Antitia Saturn. So that I think there's some of that, like, you know, there's hidden rewards for like honoring your, um, authority or like being willing to you know introduce yourself again and like be under scrutiny because you know that's what this first decade of Leo is about right yeah having the courage to be yourself even when everybody's like threatening to tear you apart right mm-hmm. yeah and then that sun moves pretty quickly into that like not even just a couple of days after will then be in that second decade of Leo mm-hmm which um, I think it'll enjoy being in a bit more. Um, yeah. And then it'll start clearing that Saturn square, but still still having to deal with it in whole signs. I do yeah. think, like, I mean, the one of the things that Sun really does have going for it is, like, yeah, again, just, like, Saturn's retrograde. Like, it's a, and whereas, luckily, the Sun never goes retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, August is pretty quiet. I mean, like... Compared to other months, like, yeah, there's a new moon in Leo, like, we talked about this. Um, it's kind of sandwiched between the two, um, 
the two Aquarius full moons. I mean, it's not really, yeah, it's aspecting Uranus, I guess. Like, there's probably some weird instability with maybe like your image or the things you take pride in or, um, you know, the things that you consistently like put a lot of effort into because, you know, maybe you feel more comfortable or more of an authority there. Like you might feel like you need to change something up there. So that's the only thing I would worry about with that moon. Mm -hmm. um, let see. Yeah, and then like just a couple days after we get Mercury in Virgo. And so, oh, wow. yeah. 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 Mercury is only in Leo for like a minute, then it's like in its domicile. Again, mm -hmm. it's still got Venus there for a few more days, and then Mars is still Ooh. in Virgo as well. So, again, I think it's like, um, I think there's already been a lot of action with both Venus and Virgo there around just like precision, just kind of honing down on some just like some plans and some details. And I yeah, think then Mercury is going to be there. And it's like, oh, great. This was Libra like pretty quickly, like the 15th of the month. And she's just literally like picking up speed. Like, I mean, this is moving pretty fast at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. What is it, the 22nd? We get our next full moon in Aquarius. Yeah, at like 29 degrees, I believe, or somewhere close to that. Yeah, and so it's actually conjunct Jupiter this time. Hmm. So I feel like compared to the beginning of the month where like the moon is technically applying to Saturn, um, you know, there's probably something more constructive or optimistic about the direction that things are going in this time. I think so. I think so. I hope, um, you know, at the very worst, you know, with that being at just the 29 degrees, like, I also just wonder if there's just also, you know, even for the people who are just, like, still just, like, really, really, like, holding their ground and, like, trying to, you know, like, oppose this stuff <laughs> with that. Yeah, but with it being at such late degrees, I wonder if there's also finally a sense of just, like, giving up or maybe just, like, accepting that this is just, like, the direction things are going. Yeah, with that with that full moon in Aquarius being in like the very late degrees too, I wonder <laughs> if it's also just maybe some of that that Mars crew or just like whoever's just opposing what the heck Saturn's doing. Maybe there is just some of the senses giving up or just maybe finally accepting that this is just the yeah. direction things are moving. Yeah, like this is the way, and you know, the less like maybe there also be some kind of like incentive to go along with whatever Saturn is trying to do because I know like people forget that Jupiter is also about like rewards recognition whatever uh -huh. and so maybe it's like okay coming to terms with whatever and you know there's some kind of reward or benefit that comes from that yeah like a week after we well the sun moves into Virgo and I don't have too much to say on that but Mercury mm -hmm. moves into Libra and I feel like that's gonna definitely just kind of solidify this air of just like compromising or um moving more toward just like harmony or resolve or moving on or something yeah um I feel like um September is also pretty freaking quiet like um it's not that nothing is happening in September. It's just like, um, 
you know, like it kind of starts out with that new moon in Virgo, but at the same time, Mercury enters its shadow, which is interesting. So yeah. to me that, I don't know like how to put it, but I think like the new moon is also like technically like close to antition with like contra antition with Mercury. So it's almost like Mercury is having, there's something being communicated or there's, is this is the beginning of some like, not only is it the beginning of something new, but like maybe something is being brought up or communicated that is contrary to this new seed that needs to be planted in the Virgo part of your life. And um, I mean, in some sense, like I'm wondering if there's some solace you get because like Venus does, is still like trying um, Jupiter at this point, which is really nice. I would say this is a nice point for some elections, honestly. Um, and, you know, Venus is ruling that Mercury. So Mercury is more inclined to, you know, try to tr strike balance or, you know, try to be objective. Um, you know, trying to consider all these viewpoints before it makes certain decisions. Um, and I feel like that might be the tone, somewhat of the tone of this um, Mercury retrograde or that this Mercury retrograde were being set up. Um, yeah, I think so. I think the only other thing I noticed with this new moon is that it is almost exactly trining Uranus and Taurus. So it's like, we're not like completely out of the neck of the woods of just like dealing with Uranus after like two months of it. Just like, but at least this is a trine. It's not like just the squares that we were dealing with, with just all of the Aquarius Leo stuff happening in July and August. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's just kind of like if that trine could like that that trine with that new moon and that Uranus could be. Um, mm -hmm. Like I feel like it could be like innovation in like maybe a good way, or maybe if there are surprises that do come up, maybe it's the kind where it's like can challenge some of that Virgo position position, but in a good way, in like a quality control kind of way of like oh yeah. we didn't catch something and slipped up. It's like oh great, we we still have time to fix this. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, it's weird because, like, I think September, like, slowly starts to get really weird because, like, um, on the 10th, uh, Venus goes into Scorpio. So it's, like, after, you know, our, like, three or so weeks of Venus and Libra, again, dignity change. Like, mm -hmm. instead of being about balance and trying to consider other people's opinions, it's, like, Venus and Scorpio is obsessed with recreating, you know, certain situations that might be difficult or, you know, becomes in love with difficulty. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so to top that off is like then four days later, Mars enters Libra. And so yeah. it's this, <laughs> they're both in, yeah, we were talking earlier. Is, is it really quite mutual reception when they're both in detriment um, and in, um, Sorry, not I was about to say opposition. It's not they're they're in um they're in aversion to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I'd consider it mutual reception. I mean, I would interpret it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. Like they exchange signs, and um, I don't know. Like, so the way I interpret signs, like planets that are exchanging signs that are in aversion, is that like I do like the whole generosity piece where it's like okay they can't really see each other, but they're like, 
co-signing each other's bullshit. But on top of that, they're both debilitated. So it's like, okay, like they're co-signing each other's bullshit. And like you said, it's like two drunk people helping each other. Yeah. But I think it's the way I interpret it when they're in aversion is that it's like, they're like two people inadvertently working towards the same goal. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they're in aspect. It's like, okay, we're co-signing each other's bullshit and actually trying to help each other, right? Yeah, like, another way I see it is, like, like, they're, like, literally, like, two people doing, like, a house swap, you know, and they, so it's in each other's best interest to be a good host to one another, but, um, but yeah, the house that the respective person staying in is not, like, what they're used to or, like, kind of most comfortable in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I am really like kind of iffy about in um september is that venus begins to square saturn and venus is in superior position um this is probably more um challenging than you know the venus and taurus aspect because yes while you know saturn was you know applying all this pressure to venus venus was in a position to kind of do whatever she wanted um in this case it's more like um Venus is this disgruntled person um, who's upset about something and complaining to Saturn, and Saturn is not inclined to do anything. Like, so... I think, too, like, I mean, Venus and Scorpio is already going to be on, like, just that sneaky bullshit, and uh, and then, but with the Antisha, this is going to be, like, even more so. Oh, Venus is actually Antisha Jupiter right now. Like, uh, on the day I'm looking at, so, like, the 17th, like, Maybe Jupiter is like, okay, maybe there's this hidden opportunity for me to like really maybe push forward some of my desires, right? And maybe like there's some hidden support that Venus has in trying to make this like happen for her. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, like, you know, I think Saturn is just not, again, Saturn's in the position to say no. And I mean, Saturn might be feeling more strong-armed because Venus is in the superior position. Um, not only that, but what I find is interesting is that, you know, Mars is applying to Saturn, you know, um, and, you know, Venus and Saturn are in the same degree um, square. And so Mars is kind of, I mean, Saturn's kind of translating light between um, Mars and uh, Venus. So he's kind of giving them a relationship. So like, I mean, while Mars in, and I feel like Mars in Libra is like trying to do things in such a way that is less aggressive or more conducive to whatever Saturn in Aquarius wants to do. So like Saturn is maybe more inclined to listen to Mars, even though Mars is really struggling with this approach almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think other than that, I mean, we do get the full moon in Pisces and now ruled by like Is Jupiter that... retrograde back in Aquarius. Oh, it's on Neptune too. It's like pretty close. Like, yeah. I mean, it's probably just going to be a really soupy um, full moon. And I think like with Jupiter back in Aquarius, it's just a reminder of like, it's like trying to look for inspiration in like terms of like the maybe hopes or aspirations we had at the beginning of the year, like, 
Jupiter back in this sign. Like, it's like maybe those feel foggy and distant and far off, and maybe you're not into them as much. I do, yeah, I think Jupiter, Jupiter retrogrades in general are just a lot of just, like, how do you hold on to hope or joy, even yeah. when it's, like, do get kind of rocky. And I, I'm not to say, like, I, I still think, again, like, Jupiter in Aquarius is still, like, a much better spot than Jupiter in Capricorn, for sure. But, yeah, I think Jupiter retrogrades do tend to kind of bring that stuff up. Like, how mm-hmm. do you find that within yourself? Or how do you find that within previous experiences or previous accomplishments or something? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think like literally the same day of the um, full moon, uh, Mercury is trying Jupiter before it, you know, gets ready to go retrograde. Um, so it's almost like maybe there's something in communication with people or some negotiation that happens that maybe gives people like a flutter of hope or something, or makes them aware of some issue that they are going to have to go back over during this retrograde. Um, that's the impression I get from it. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this month ends interestingly, right? Because it's like September 22nd, we get the sun in Libra. So the sun will be in its fall mm-hmm. now. Uh, and, and then on the 26th, we get Mercury station, stationing retrograde in Libra. Oh, so Mercury's retrograde. And... It's funny because, like, while this is happening, you know, um, Venus is beginning to apply to its own square with Jupiter um, because Venus is ruling this retrograde. And, you know, Mars and the sun are chasing each other at the beginning of the sign. It's like, it's pretty funny. Um, Let me see. Uh, I mean, I don't really see anything major happening at the the end of the month. And then, like, as we move into the beginning of the month, like, I mean, so the beginning of the month, we start out with the Venus-Jupiter square, which is ruling that whole Libra stellium. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, this just seems like, you know, maybe a more explicit confirmation of, like, whatever Venus's attempts were to... um, to get Saturn to budge and this time Venus is in antition with Saturn instead of Jupiter so maybe like maybe Venus is like feeling more empowered to like make demands in a certain direction it's like okay hmm I'm not happy with this or I'm stuck in this situation like I'm pressing the gas for inspiration like how can I really um affirm my commitment to like these values or rules or like this way of living, right? It's like I need my memory job to Jupiter, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, it, you know, it's a, it is a square, but at least it's two benefics squaring yeah. each other. So it's definitely like not like the roughest transit we could start the month off no, with. It's not. For sure. um, let me see. Um, beginning of. October. I'm trying to see. Um, we get a new moon in Libra on October 6th. <clears throat> I don't know if there's something that happens sooner than that, but that was the first thing that caught my eye. Um, I mean, I think it happens like the day before the. Is it the day before? Or is it. Yeah, it's the day before the um, 
the Mars Sun Gazebo in Libra. Oh. Like, so we get this new moon in Libra that is still conjunct Mars. <laughs> so, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. really, um, this feels like a not very happy um, new moon. Because um, for one, Venus is at the very end of Scorpio, kind of at the end of her rope, dealing with disappointment, right? Uh, I mean, she's in an outer sign conjunction with the North Node, I mean, the South Node, sorry, South Node. So, I mean, Venus is not happy in Scorpio right now, ruling that lunation and stellium in Libra. I mean, Mars is there kind of like trying its best to force a sense of peace along. Um, and, you know, Scorpio Venus is kind of masochistically, you know, trying to make the most of it. Um, the only issue is that, you know, I feel like the, this nation's a bit more inflammatory, but not in the sense, I wouldn't say volatile, like, you know, when Mars is in aspect with Uranus or in a fire sign. It's just more, it's feeling a lot like War of the Words, because again, this is an air sign. Like, um, it's more about, you know, human principles, how we interact with each other. This might be a day or period, because Mercury's still like pretty close by, and the moon is going to basically translate light between the Sun-Mars conjunction and Mercury, even though they're still like within orb. You know, this is a very not happy Mars. It's combust. It's in detriment. Like, Mercury is also combust and being maltreated. So it, it's just not a fun place for the sun right now because the sun and Mars are not happy in Libra. This is a day, yeah. where, you know, authority is challenged, but like it's coming from a person who really doesn't have the right to be talking. Or, you know, you're trying to strong arm someone into being nice um, when they're not in a good mood or in a good place. You yeah. don't really need to do that. So, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, especially that last one you just said. Like, I, when I think a lot of, like, Mars and Libra, I think of, like, look, like, Mars is, like, you know, when, in ideal conditions, right? And it's domiciles. Like, Mars wants to get from point A to point B. But Mars and Libra will zigzag along the way because Mars in Libra is just still so concerned with just like keeping the peace and like at best will be diplomatic, at worst will just be really, really like sneaky and subversive and will just try to like maneuver its way um, through, you know, trying to get what it wants. And I, the sense I get of just watching this is someone just getting caught doing that shit and like, and it doesn't, it's not work, it's not panning out. <laughs> It's really bad. And so, like, you know, like, Kazemis are really purifying, right? And, like, so I think it's, like, I feel like, you know, the sun in Libra is, like, someone who maybe struggles with, like, a position of authority. It's, like, I'm trying so hard to, like, take into account everybody's viewpoint, right? Mm -hmm. I can be objective. I can't be, like, subjective and just be about me. I have to honor the collective, right? And Mars there is like, I have to forcibly, I have to enforce peace in a way that's uncomfortable to people, right? And in a way that's not natural. And it makes people upset <laughs> when I'm trying to like make things good for everybody. And it's like, it's not necessarily what everyone wants. 
and I'm kind of imposing what I think everybody wants, right? And so it's like a mix of somebody, you know, getting caught like, oh, I'm trying to like, you know, maneuver. And no, I think that's definitely, that's definitely a good one. Like someone's getting caught, like trying to maneuver and like, I guess take control that they aren't, you know, an authority that's not natural to them for one. And then it's, they're not very good at like being sneaky about it. Um, it just feels like a lot of like difficult words and conversations are going to be had during this period. Like, um, it's like what, the seven? Yeah. And then Mercury is like, I mean, they're technically like right on top of each other for a couple of days. Like, it's pretty bad. It's not just one day. It's like they're together for a couple yeah. of days. I think even on the, um, the Sun, Mercury, Kazemi, they're all technically in the same degree. Um, what makes things worse, though, is that, like, at some point, Venus enters Sagittarius. And so, <laughs> yeah. Sagittarius, Venus, just kind of, like, instead of, like, you know, self-flagellating and, like, being upset and disappointed all the time, like, I guess Sag Venus wants to feel different. <laughs> So, um, and, you know, Venus will be, like, pretty much right on the <clears throat> south node, and then the moon and Sag is going to activate that, like, while the sun, Mercury, and Mars are all conjoining each other, like, it's going to be pretty tense, like. Yeah, I, I do... <laughs> Venus and Sag isn't the worst place, like, by any means for, like, Venus to be in and no. loves nor hates Sag, but I do think, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I think some of the not-so-positive parts of Sag can be, like, self-righteousness or just, like, being just so, like, this is what I believe and I want to, mm-hmm. like, debate it <laughs> and I will, like, yeah. fight for this and, and you yeah. can get a little bit of, of that and so to have that Venus and Sag now ruling what's still happening in Libra is like, oh, yeah. yeah it's still like, than Venus and Scorpio, but it's still just, it's just like another flavor of just like, yeah. What's happening in Libra. Like, instead of it being more internalized, I think Sag, Venus will kind of like let it out. It's like a lot more demonstrative. And then, like, with the South Node Venus conjunction, like, literally happening during the Kazemi, it's like, Literally, there's just a lot of emotional purging that needs to happen. Like, period. It just needs to happen. <laughs> um, it also kind of has a vaguely escapist flavor because I think a lot of people only give this Pisces too much credit. Like, both Jupiterian signs are very escapist. So, like, this might be a day where you're aggressively like, I'm like above this, even though you're contributing to the conflict and you don't say anything, right? Like, uh, yeah. Or it's like, I dropped a huge verbal bomb during the sun, the Kazemi, and then you just kind of peace out because you don't want to deal with the consequences. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's real. <laughs> I said what I said, bye. I don't want to deal with the consequences. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then just, like, acting like you did, like, the right thing or, like, the better mm-hmm. thing. Because you're like, well, we didn't fight. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, because you ran away. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like you ran away, so there was no fight. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and what's even better is that um, Saturn stations direct in Aquarius, like, not yes. That middle October is just like suddenly it's just like bam, bam, bam. Like every planet wants a station direct. We get like Saturn mm-hmm. first, like a week later, we get Jupiter, and then like a day after that, we get Mercury all stationing. Yeah, Mercury. it's funny because like you know, Jupiter's direct, and then um, I think the sun is the sun still trying. No, the sun might not be trying still, but actually, it is. So literally, Mars and the Sun are still trying, Jupiter, while it's direct. And then, yeah, Mercury is direct right after that. So it's like, you know, after someone drops this huge verbal bomb and just kind of decides that they're not going to deal with it, um, like, you know, everything kind of falls into place after that. And then, like, I think it's like, okay, Saturn's just kind of like, okay, I've taken my leave from you know, enforcing the rules for this long, and maybe I should step back. Um, what's also more constructive about the day that Mercury's finally direct is that Mercury actually stations direct to a sextile with Venus, who is ruling it. So I feel like there is actually, it's like once someone says what needs to be said that's difficult, um, and then they kind of walk away from it after a bit, because Venus finally clears the south node. Um, it's like people are in a position where they're able to, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to finally clarify what I meant, right? And, like, mm-hmm. actually, you know, we can actually renegotiate, like, what's happening here. Um, I also like that, you know, both the sun was on Spica and then Mars is applying to Spica, so it might be, like, this kind of temporary window of, like, relief. Jupiter is also making a nice aspect with Mars at this point. So I'm feeling like after these tense diplomatic disputes are had, or these social games are played, you can kind of get some resolution going, right? Yeah, yeah. No, everything you just shared, I'm like, oh, that's actually really not too bad. Like, um, you know, with, with any kind of stationing, but especially with, like, Saturn and Jupiter stationing, it'll take, like, a couple of weeks for them to actually really, really start moving. Yeah. But in this case, like, we, we might kind of need it. <laughs> like, we might kind of just, like, kind of just you know, need like, the, yeah. slow it down and a little it's bit. All, like, literally, it's, like, direct, 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 and then full moon in Aries. Like, <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Like, yeah, after it'll be interesting to see this full moon in Aries, right? Because like we just we talked a lot about that new moon in Libra, because that new moon in Libra wasn't like not looking fun at all. Yeah, but um, no, but the Aries, the Aries full moon looks a lot more constructive. It's aspect in Jupiter. Yeah, Mars is debilitated, but it's like also on Spica, it's aspect in Jupiter. <laughs> like, I mean. It's hard, but like I think it 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 has more um, positive consequences than negative. I feel. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, is 
Oh no, Mars is not in its bound yet. But any, I mean, yeah, nonetheless, yeah, it's like Mars. It's still Mars in its detriment, but it doesn't seem, you know, it's now being ruled by a Jupiter or Jupiter, a Venus and Sag that's like not in its detriment. Yeah. So and they sextile one another, so there's like it's not like they're in aversion or anything. It's like a better Venus too. It's okay though because like. Literally a week later, let me see. I mean, nothing major is really happening except like you know, the sun enters Scorpio finally. Um, literally a week later, we get um, Mars and Scorpio. <laughs> That's in time for Halloween, yeah, literally around Halloween. Um, it's pretty funny because like Scorpio that is a very overpowered Mars, like. Um, you know, the sun is actually a square, like applying to a square or in a same degree square with Saturn that day. Like, yeah. I feel like this like Scorpio season period is just us revisiting, you know, the Leo season drama, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, maybe like, remember how like in the summer, um, there was a time where Mars and Saturn were opposite each other and like Uranus had to kind of play like the mm, you can't do that mm, you can't do that right yeah now it's like you're because Uranus is like retrograde at this point I don't remember when it went retrograde but it is but anyway like <clears throat> now it's like Saturn's kind of playing the mediator between the Uranus and Taurus piece and the you know, Scorpio parts, and in this case, you have, like, the opposite situation where, like, Mars actually has the upper hand here. Like, Mars is at home. He's very angry because he's combust. He's very overpowered because, you know, he's in his decan, he's in his turn, he's at home, like, in Mars's preferred domicile, and he's in the superior position of Saturn, and so... This is a pretty empowered Mars, and like, unlike you know, the Taurus Mars before, you know, where Mars is disempowered um, and is being forced to go along with Saturn's things, I think this is a position where like <clears throat> there's this challenge to whatever Saturn's trying to do, right? Yeah. And maybe like, you know, whatever, you know. Uranian instability that people were kind of like trying to adapt to, people are pushing back against. And it's like Uranus is like, okay, bender be broken. And Mars is like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And so Saturn instead is pushed into this mediator role where, you know, Mars is applying pressure. Uh, Mars, you know, Saturn has no dignity in Scorpio. So like Mars doesn't care about what Saturn wants to do. It just wants what it wants especially this Mars. And so um, Saturn's just going to have to like figure out how to, um, you know, basically keep Scorpio like calm and, you know, allow for the inevitable change in with the Uranus and Taurus transit to occur. Like, what do you think? I'm actually just trying to like, I'm like going on my own software too and just trying to see if um, Mars gets to clear like being out of, or it, it gets to get out of the sun's beams like while it's still 
in Scorpio. Um, yeah, yeah, no, actually, it's like right when the sun goes in the Sag, actually, is like I think when that Mars is going to be more than 15 degrees away from that sun, will be yeah. like completely out of the sun's beams and is still going to be just super strong and empowered and. It just, yeah, you're right. I think it just it comes off to me. Like, I think that whatever Mars is, like, kind of pushing for or, like, you know, on the individual level, whatever, like, wherever Scorpio is in your chart, like, it's going to win. Like, it's just such a strong, empowered, like, um, yeah. Mars. And the only thing that it has against it at the beginning is its combustion and it being under the beams. And as soon as that sun's in Sag, that's done. Yeah, I would also pay extra attention to, like, the Leo parts of your chart, because it's, like, Mars is literally just, like, matches on gasoline, and it's just, like, really highlighting how maybe upset you are about something, or how much you want things to go in a different direction, and maybe there might be a ruthlessness, or, like, this pent-up aggression, or, like, drive towards getting that, and if you find yourself, like, really, really pushing or obsessive more than usual um, in the Leo parts of your life, um, that might be why. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's like you were saying earlier, I mean, it is all part of just this bigger story we've been watching play out even since like the beginning of just watching Mars's trajectory through like these like harsh aspects with this Saturn and Aquarius. Um, it is really interesting to me that this Mars, like when it, when it when it squares exact with Saturn, it's in that first decan of Scorpio still, mm-hmm. and so it's again it goes back to the same energy of like I'm gonna go for what I fucking want and I'm gonna do whatever it takes. There's definitely a ruthlessness to it, but there are questions at the end. They're like, is that really what you want though? Like, is that really? Are you gonna really be happy and satisfied even if you mm-hmm. do get it? Yeah, like, I'm thinking about the, so we're already in November now, like, I'm thinking about on the 4th of November, like, there's that new moon in Scorpio. Like, the orb isn't, like, really tight, tightly close, but, like, I mean, the lunation itself is opposite Uranus. It's, like, basically the opposite of what we had on Halloween this year. Like, we had that nice, you know, pleasant surprise, um, full moon in Taurus on Uranus, like, by I think it was what Libra Venus and like you know there's some pleasant surprises that came out of that for people uh this is not gonna feel like that this is gonna be like you know Uranus and Taurus is like providing this instability I don't want I want to go in a different direction I'll do whatever it takes to get there and you're just kind of hoping that like whatever um rules or boundaries were set in place will kind of like mitigate some of the damage from like whatever um changes or instability is being created in you know the Taurus part of your life and then whatever you're obsessed on getting in your Scorpio life so I mean for me this to me says like um you know Scorpio um risings should probably um not be too self-obsessed for this transit because I'm also thinking about, you know, the lunation at the end of Scorpio season. Mm. Eclipse. (laughs) Yes. This is about to be the beginning of, you know, North Node eclipses in your seventh house. And, 
it's about to become less about you. <laughs> so try not to be overly me, me, me. I mean, that's just how I see it, but I mean, I may be wrong. But. Yeah, I, I could see that, but I have a feeling it's just going to be a hard lesson learned. It's not going to be an easy one. Like, yeah. just seeing too, like, I mean, the day after that new moon in Scorpio, Mercury enters Scorpio. So it's like great, more <laughs> Scorpio energy. And then you get Venus and Capricorn in like the sign where, you know, like Saturn rules and Mars is exalted. And so now you have this like <laughs> Venus that's got like that energy too. And to me, it just kind of yeah, like. kind of wants to co sign both of their bullshit at this point. Like, you know, so I mean, she'll listen to whatever either of them is doing. <laughs> Yeah, and but, they're both strong, and so I think Venus is just gonna be like yes to everything. Yeah, I mean, like within reason. What I do like about um, Venus and Capricorn is that you know she's got triplicity there, she's supported. So I don't think she'll be hated for anything she decides to do. Um, she's also off axis from Saturn, like so she's still keeping Saturn in mind, but like I think she's more interested in trying to like affirm Mars. So, yeah, I think that's the part for me where it's like, okay, Venus also just like represents like our desires and like what we mm-hmm. want, and it's like in Capricorn, and it's just gonna be like totally on whatever Mars is. It just kind of, I feel like, just kind of adds to that, just like doing what I want. Yeah, energy. And what really gets me about uh, November though is that like. Um, Obviously, we have, like, on the 10th, Mercury conjoining Mars, and it kind of just, you know, amplifies, it's like, okay, okay, not, like, in the most explicit way, but in the most, like, obvious, implicit way, because, like, I don't think Scorpio anything is subtle, (laughs) so in the most unsubtle of unspoken ways, like, whatever you're desiring is going to be made very, very, very clear. Like, it's gonna be not ambiguous. And so um, this might be a time of giving some kind of voice or indication to some of those desires, I think. Um, It's just weird that a week after that, like, um, Venus is already in shadow. I know, I saw that too. And I was like, oh my God, we're gonna deal with Venus retrograde again? The shadow is already in November. I know people are like, we already did Venus retrograde. Um, it's time again, you guys, like it's coming. And um, what's more fun about this though, is that like a couple days later we get our lunar eclipse in Taurus. And this is our first introduction to the um, upcoming eclipse cycle. <laughs> yep yeah so we are now about to start this next round of eclipses they're all going to be in taurus and scorpio it's going to go on for like 2022 and a little bit beyond that and so that means we are yeah we are wrapping up the eclipses in sagittarius and gemini we, I know you guys last like, one. we just started um yeah well too bad <laughs> it's time um I don't know, like, this eclipse is um, especially strange to me because it's, one, a total lunar eclipse because it's, like, really, it's, like, right on the nodes, even though the nodes haven't moved into um, Scorpio and Taurus yet. Um, This lunar eclipse is right on Algol, 
one of my favorite fixed stars. Um, I mean, eclipses are already difficult, and then this fixed star can be somewhat difficult. If you're thinking about making magic talismans and fun things, unless you're trying to hurt people, I wouldn't, <laughs> personally, um, unless you know what you're doing, of course. Um, I don't know, like, I mean, with Venus and Cap, I mean, I do like that, you know, Jupiter is kind of basically in a T-square with the eclipse. It's nice. Jupiter's trying to do, you know, be somewhat stabilizing. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I feel like what otherwise would be a nice Taurus moon is not. <laughs> I'm getting, like, a sense of maybe unwanted surprise or, like, not just because Uranus is there, but it's also an algal. Um, it's not that algal is, like, a bad star. It's just that if the energy is not treated with, like, respect or humility, it can be really destructive. Um, I know a lot of people with um, placements near Algol. I mean, I'm one of those people, like um, issues with, you know, like, you know, anxieties or um, things like that can come up. Or just matters of like um, power struggles or like, it's kind of got like angry feminine energy. Mm -hmm. So this might be a time where some of those themes come out. I think so. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, Uranus is there, but it's, like, more than just Uranus being there. It's the fact that, like, Venus is making an exact trine to Uranus, yeah. and Venus rules this this eclipse. It's That, that, that yeah. is a very big deal. Like, okay, yeah, and then on top of that, we've got this big star here, and then it's, like, an eclipse. Like, it's just pretty loud, and I feel like um, this will be the time of confronting some, like, um, difficult feelings, and I think, like, the thing is, like, Taurus moons are all about, like, doing what makes you feel good, and it's, like, doing that in a practical way, right? It's very stabilizing, and I think, like, sometimes you have to confront your demons or, like, difficult things or maybe emotions you don't want to deal with. Maybe new emotions you don't want to deal with or new desires you haven't allowed yourself to have, like, with Venus, Finding Uranus, that's pretty loud. And like, you know, maybe um, there's a lot of fear associated with Algol or like, you know, issues with like, are you willing to stare into the face of something terrifying, right? And it's like, to really engage with that energy, you have to be willing to do that. And so this might be a moon of like, for the sake of your well-being, um, confronting certain desires you've probably not probably not let yourself indulge in um, confronting certain truths about yourself that you mm -hmm. might not confronting confronting certain people <laughs> yeah you know yeah I think going back to like what you're saying about like yeah Taurus moon is about like trying to like really like get that stability and the reality of life is that sometimes you have to go through really hard shit and you have to endure through some like really really tough truths to mm -hmm. eventually get to that point of stability there's just some things you just can't run away from forever there are just some things that you have to confront if you really really want true like long-lasting stability and not just escaping shit yeah um 
I mean, after that, so that's like what, the 19th? Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, after that, like two days later, the sun goes into Sag. Um, as it does this time of year. Like. Mm-hmm. And then we get Mercury in Sag, which yeah. it also tends to do around this time of year, depending on the year. Yeah, but wow, we get um, the Kazemi really close to, um, the Kazemi is really close to the south node. And I feel like um, with this uh, Sun, Mercury, Kazemi, I mean, that doesn't happen until like what? Like December, I think. No, not December. Okay, like the 28th. It's like pretty close. I mean, this feels like, so Mercury and Sag, unlike Mercury and Pisces, I feel like, you know, with Pisces being a butte sign, it's like, I have all these realizations I can't always articulate. I feel like the problem with Sag Mercury sometimes is that like, um, whereas, you know, Gemini Mercury is being often accused of as being manipulative or knowing how to say the right things at the right times rather, Sag Mercury doesn't always have a filter on like what's appropriate to say or what's not. Yeah. It, and so, um, you know, like, I find that, you know, with both Jupiter ruled Mercury's, like, Pisces Mercury has trouble saying things when they should, <laughs> because they, you know, they want to say the right thing at the right time, and sometimes they don't know how to articulate what they want to say. Um, I've experienced that with many of Pisces Mercury, um, whereas Sag Mercury's are just kind of like, okay, I say what I think, or I speak my mind, really, because... Yeah. It's just an open book, right? And so I feel like this, was that your cat? Yeah, she is like, you haven't paid attention to me. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, no, I think this Sag, um, uh, Mercury Sun Kazemi is gonna be like one of those times where you just kind of blurt out what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think so. And not, just a two days after right it's like december 3rd so we're like in december already we get the solar eclipse it's a final eclipse wow in the sagittarius gemini series and you know we when we were talking about the last one that happened that happened in june we talked a lot about being able to just kind of like speak your truth which means like also just kind of being really honest with yourself and then being honest with others and so mm-hmm. this is kind of like that final round to just say what you need to say yeah, in this part of your life, I mean, it's going to be another, um, what is it, like nine years before we get another, like, eclipse, like nine-ish years before we get another eclipse set in um, Sag Gemini, but another, like, what, 19-ish or something, 18 and a half, if you want to do the whole south node in Sag eclipse thing, so... Speak your truth, guys. <laughs> do it loud and do it proud. I mean, the so kind of like the one this year. Um, I think the eclipse this year on the 14th, I think the Sun Mercury Kazemi happens right after the eclipse. But in this case, um, the Kazemi happens way before. So it's almost like 
there's a chance to get your last word in before something happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, let me see. So that's like what the fourth. The yeah, third, third or fourth, depending on fourth. where you live. Um, I mean, now, like, it's pretty quiet until, uh, I would say, the 11th, when <laughs> we just mix for conjunction with Pluto, which is really important. Because it's super important, because it happens, it's going to happen three times, because Venus stations retrograde in Capricorn, and so I do definitely think it's worth just taking notes, you know, if you journal, then great. Like, just make note of what happens when Venus conjoins Pluto. And you might even want to look back at when it first did it in January, because Venus does, did conjoin Pluto in Capricorn, I believe, in, like, late January. Um, And what's even better is that Venus starts really, really slowing down when she hits Pluto. So a lot of those themes around, you know, obsessive desires and all that, I think that gets really pronounced at the end of the year. And what's even more um, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on, you know, what your cup of tea is, is this is all happening leading up to holiday season. Um, Venus is also associated with, like, resources or things people enjoy. I mean, Pluto is not only obsession, but destruction. So it's like... um, I'm not getting, like, you know, joyful, fun, sexy vibes from this, like, at all. Like, I know some people would, but I'm not getting that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not either. I do think, like, we do close out 2021 um, with, yeah, the energy's kind of a little, like, fighty, you know? It's like, I, like, we get, um, well, we get Mercury into Capricorn um, on the same day that Mars enters Sag, and I do look at that Mars entering Sag of again. Just, yeah, um, I, yeah. Mars is like literally like right on the south node as soon as it goes into Sag. Okay. So like, it's like combine that with Mercury and its detriment still is there, and it just seems very, very, like, foot in the mouth, like, <laughs> like, or acting before thinking, like, um, it's not the most impulsive Mars you can get, you know, like, but at the same, yeah, I feel like Mars and Sag can, can get pretty, like, not, like, it can, when it, when Mars and Sag fights, it's loud, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, so, I mean, I'm thinking the last time Mars went into Sag, like, what, there was all this, like, coronavirus stuff, like, I mean, it wasn't pronounced over here, but, like, I think it was really taking off in China or something around that point. Um, was that January 2020 or earlier? It was, like, it was, like, uh, around the time of the December, like, eclipses and stuff. You're right, yes. Okay, I do remember that. But, like, I think Mars was, like, in Sag, or, like, wrapping up its time in Sag. It was there. Um, that's all I know. Because I remember uh, last time Mars was in Sag, like, rolling over my, what, Ascendant Ruler and all that stuff. It was literally just, like, I got sick really bad and it was just like really hard on my body so 
I was not enjoying it. Um, I wonder if it was still in Sag in early January, because early January 2020, I, think I got... Was. Okay, I got really, really sick that week, too. I was, like, the worst sore throat of my life for, like, a whole, I actually mm-hmm. took time off of work, which I never do, and I never get sick, really, so it was debilitating. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I never got sick like that, but I had to go to, like, the emergency room and blah, 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 because I was like, um, why am I sick? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so anyway, yay, Mars on the South Node. Mars in the South Node, I mean... This feels like the opposite of whatever we dealt with when Mars was in Gemini. Um, like, you know, because the North Node has been there. It's been like a hunger. It's almost like, yes, like Mars and Sag can be pretty hype and like passionate, but like, I feel like there's going to be more of an emphasis on like letting go of things. Like, letting go of aggression or, like, maybe passion about, like, or need a need to, like, chase something. Because, like, Sag placements and, like, you know, Jupiter and Sag as a concept is, like, very expansive. It wants to, like, keep going further. It wants to, like, it just wants to go to new heights, new levels, like, and stuff like that. I think there will be, like, more of this, like, like between the dignity switch from Scorpio and like being conjunct the South Node, it's like probably gonna be like a weirdly more toned down Mars, which you wouldn't usually say about like a fire Mars, but like, I don't know, like something about it seems more calm. <laughs> I could see it being like, uh, like, like, look, like Mars is taking action. And yeah, when, when, when we think back to that Gemini Mars, it really was like, oh, it's just like Mars trying to do everything. But I, I do think it, with the South Node being here, I do think it is a more to- toned down Mars in the sense I think Mars is still going to do Marsy things, but I think it's going to lean yeah. more on the side of like, Mars also likes to release and cut things out. And yeah. I think Mars and Sag is good at recognizing that in order to soar to new heights, sometimes you'll, you, you can't be weighed down by too many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and like, I think it'll do that for the sake of freedom. It's like like purging anger or like excessive heat for like the sake the sake of freedom. Yeah. At the end of the day, like Jupiter and especially Jupiter and Sag wants freedom. Like so it yeah. Um I mean the main thing, okay, so I think we get the what the full moon in Gemini. Yeah, on the eighteenth. Um yeah. the first like not eclipsed gemini moon like in a while yeah it's interesting it's a full moon too right so it's Mm -hmm. like with the new moon of the cycle being an eclipse and so i mean it's yeah it could be a culmination or just maybe a final release of this some of whatever's come up in this like eclipse sag gemini eclipse season we've dealt with but Aside from that, I mean, it's, 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 it makes a pretty close sextile with Jupiter in, um, in Aquarius. Um, but other than that, I don't really see it making any, like... Yeah, it's not really loud, if anything. It's probably the lightest thing of this month. Like, yeah. It's pretty light. Um, the thing is, like, literally the day after, <laughs> Venus stations retrograde on Pluto on the 19th like and so 
I mean, for people who glorify, you know, like Pluto, Venus type stuff, um, they might enjoy this. Um, I don't know if I would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I worry about it. Like, I do wonder if, like, on the more mundane side of the of things, like, I, I worry about how it'll play out, like, with things like the economy or with... Yeah, like, you know, if you associate Venus with the economy, you're right. Like, it's not really good for that kind of thing. Um, I mean, Pluto's very tragic. I mean, when I think heavy Pluto Venus, I think tra tragic Stark Cross lover type situations. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some like huge um, story in like the news or something about something tragic like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just me. Um, I mean, on the other hand, like, it's not that this is all bad, but like, I mean, this could be a good time to really like, I don't know, experience desire, or, like be obsessed with pleasure, or, like be really indulgent. Um, but like, I feel like in Capricorn, it comes at a price. I don't know, when I see that in Saturn world signs, I'm like, there, what's the catch? You know, like, yeah, like what's what what's the limit really to just mm -hmm. pursuing all of this? Yeah. yeah. And it's like not even like limits in the pursuit. It's yeah, it's so much like what are the consequences? Yeah. I feel the consequences are pretty low. And it's almost like I feel like Venus retrograde conjunct Pluto is like, okay, I decided to like go to some extreme in my relationship. Or like I decided to go to some extreme with beauty or like money or something like it's extreme yeah like it can benefit some people but i feel like more than not it'll probably be like really difficult <laughs> yeah and this this venus retrograde the, so the second conjunction so it's like at this point venus is retrograde and it conjoins pluto again mm -hmm. is on christmas day yeah so, yeah so this feels like, okay, like, I don't know, for maybe cap risings or something, it's like, I decided to change my career or something, like, on impulse, and I'm going to tell my family on Christmas, I can't buy you gifts because I literally, like, quit my job or something, <laughs> or, like, I'm going to, like, make, you know, Christmas uncomfortable for people by, like, saying, yeah, I totally, like, impulse ended a relationship or impulse and started a relationship or got back with a really toxic ex or something like that's what this configuration feels like to me it's like okay like somebody's committing to this really difficult choice that's going to make like a lot of problems in their life like it might feel good to them but like it comes with all these other consequences and like it's just weird <laughs> so yeah, I just see a lot of power struggles, too, when it comes to just, like, mm -hmm. Venus and Pluto conjunctions. Yeah. Like, it's just, um, it doesn't seem fun overall, and maybe for some people it'll be fun at first, <laughs> but I, I just kind of wonder how long it'll last, especially since we get three iterations of it, and those are just the exact conjunctions, too. Like, we're still gonna get this color the entire time Venus is in Capricorn. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, it's weird. And the reason I say it's weird and why I don't want to say it's all bad is because, like, for one, 
Mars is pretty much off axis and so is Saturn. Like they're just kind of doing their own thing. Um, I mean, you're probably going to start seeing weird negotiations around that, like when Mercury um, conjoins Venus, uh, what, on the 29th or something? And uh, what's interesting is literally that same day Jupiter decides to go back into Pisces. <laughs> That's why it's weird, because it's like, it's, it's like mixed blessings almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, like, 2022 is going to be so interesting. And yeah. um, I, I, I'm just so tempted to just even just start diving into 2022 because I am really curious to see how that Jupiter and Pisces will just, like, end up playing out because it is going to be there for much longer. It is going to give us some echoes of what we already experienced in, um, in spring, right, and from, like, May through June um, of 2021. And yeah, I, this Venus um, retrograde continues into, I don't know the exact date off my top of my head, but it's like definitely into like mid, like the the actual direct station, I mean, is like in, I want to say February. Oh geez. So that means that then it's stations and we still have to deal with it then. Yeah, we still have to deal with Venus direct, right? Yeah. It's a lot of Venus and Cap. Yeah. Um, for the beginning of um, 2022, but that's <laughs> that's for another time. Like, yeah, this is <laughs> that's 2021. It ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's like if you thought 2020 sucked, like I mean, 2021 is actually a lot better, but it just ends on like a weird mixed bag of a note. Um, there's a lot of tension. Um, the whole like Saturn in in um, sorry Aquarius versus Uranus and Taurus is going to be pretty loud, um, and we're going to get the first taste of that. I think Jupiter in Aquarius for much of twenty twenty one is going to be like a nice softening of whatever Saturn and Aquarius is trying to do, but it. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, in a nutshell, I do think this year is going to, 2021 is going to be better than 2020. It, it, there is a lot more emphasis on the fixed signs in 2021, like, that's for sure, and a lot of it, you just, a lot of the years, just this, like, ebb and flow, just, like, the power dynamic between, like, Saturn and Aquarius, and then wherever the heck Mars is, like, traversing. Yeah through so you get a lot of that Jupiter does soften it up a bit we get like a nice little preview of Jupiter and Pisces and and then we wrap up the Sag and Gemini eclipses like that's kind of really like 2021 yeah I feel like 2021 is a nicer balance between like everything but the cardinal signs which is great um but then like towards the end you see that the fixed signs start to get more activation with the eclipses moving into um, Taurus and Scorpio. Um, another thing is that air signs are pretty highlighted with all these Mercury retrogrades, but also like that Sun, Mars, Kazemi, and Libra. Um, that was pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 2021. Um, I don't know, do you have any major things coming up? 
major things for me, just like personally, is that I'm not taking any more readings for December 2020. Just like really booked up. I'm not gonna do readings again until 2021 starts. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of raising my prices, but I haven't made a decision yeah. on that yet. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, no, I'm leaning toward it. I'm just trying to decide what, when elections. I got moved. Yeah. So I ended up raising my prices. So. <laughs> but yeah. I have going on. So. Do you, yeah. are, are you, are your readings still closed? No, I just reopened them today, actually. <laughs> oh, um, cool. Oh, good. So I raised my prices, but I have a sale like going till basically. Boxing Day, which is the 26th of December, for those of you who don't know what that is. Um, and yeah, all my readings are half off. Get me while I'm, you know, while Mars is still in Aries and direct. Because I'm probably gonna, you know, cap a lot of my readings. And obviously the prices are gonna go up, but like, you know, I'm probably not gonna have nearly as much time as I do now to so and it's been a while and i miss doing it so i had a good hiatus i think that's exciting i will look out for your tweets on it and like retweet Mm -hmm. all of that for sure and one to my profile so like the like the link is in there like whatever link is in my bio like um yeah but other than that like oh sorry i forgot i forgot brain um i'm supposed to be giving a talk for fresh voices <gasps> on the on the 19th of december oh that's nice <laughs> what time but like uh basically i'm going to talk about the 11th house from fortune and i'm really excited about it because i've been doing a lot of digging over the months and I have some, you know, pet theories for it. So, like, I, I not only want to talk about it, but also just to, like, encourage people to use it in elections and see how that, like, sign and planet really work for them, like, in general. So, I have to actually put the talk together, though. <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty of time, though. It's only, it's still November. I mean, yeah, I've got like three weeks, so yeah, it should be. Fun. Um, oh my gosh, I'm excited for you that it's happening on the 19th too. That's fortunate. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, Kira was like, yeah, I only have these days available. I'm like, great. I was looking at Saturn Jupiter stuff anyway, so it's like perfect timing. Um, yeah, so that's that's all I've got really. That's exciting. Yeah, I will definitely have more updates probably January moving forward. My biggest thing is like, I just want to go on vacation for most of December. Like, so, because I have like time off for school, like between what, the 23rd and the 4th. Between those days, I'm not going to school. I mean, if I have readings to do, I'll probably do them. Um, but like, it's pretty much just going to be me. You and my friend and uh, my partner is finding like <laughs> for the holidays. That's really nice. Yeah. 
You deserve it. <laughs> Thanks, and you too. <laughs> it has been a year. <laughs> it has been a year, and then 2021 is going to be more of a year. And as a chef, they're doing this forecast. I'm like, okay, I'm so excited to recharge and just like rest before all of this starts. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been fun. Like, this was an experience. So, um, probably catch you guys for another episode. For sure. And we'll definitely put timestamps on this because we know it's long, but worth listening to. So, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Mo. Thank you. <laughs>